0: Through your holy written word. In Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated. Let's open our Bibles. To John the fifth chapter. And the twenty eighth verse. You know soft so times we'll tell people. Encourage people to go out and share the good news of Jesus with people. And that's good. And But soft so times we put all the emphasis on telling people to go out and do that. Today I want to deal with you from the word of God, teach you from the word of God, ultimately why, why we need to go out and share the good news of Jesus with people. And so in John, the fifth chapter in the 28th verse, Jesus says, the Lord himself says, Do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Talking about a resurrection here. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Notice here two resurrections. One unto life and one unto condemnation. The King James Version says damnation. So again, two resurrections lay out ahead of us out in the future. Of course, that's where the bodies are going to come out of the graves. Now, if the Bible didn't clearly teach that bodies were going to come out of graves, I wouldn't believe it. It's too far-fetched. But the Bible teaches that one day there's going to be, how many resurrections? Two. One unto life, one unto death, or one unto condemnation. And so there's going to be resurrections. Two of them where bodies will come back to life again. If the Bible didn't teach that, I I just wouldn't be able to believe it. But the Bible says it. I believe it. Jesus said there'll be how many resurrections Two. notice he said to those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Now, I want to say a little more about that. But before I do look at Daniel, the 12th chapter in the second verse. Daniel the 12th chapter in the second verse. He was an Old Testament prophet. He saw this same thing and he said this, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Shall awake. Sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Talking about the body coming back to life. Isn't there a scripture that says didn't, didn't God Make the statement to Adam, I believe it was, from dust you came and you go back to dust. Is that right? But he's talking about the body there. And that's what Daniel's talking about here, is the body. Those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake or be resurrected. Notice some to what? Everlasting life. And some to what? Shame and everlasting contempt. You see there's two Resurrections, One unto life and one unto contempt or damnation or condemnation. Now, you need to understand here because a lot of people will read Daniel chapter 12 verse 2. And they'll tell you, and, and, and it's, 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 it's incorrect, it's wrong. But you'll hear people say this. They'll say that when you're dead, it's just like you're asleep. And that's all there is to it. But I'm going to show you from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ here in just a few minutes. Your body's asleep. Have you ever been to a funeral parlor? The body's sleeping, so to speak. It's dead. The spirit's gone. The body looks like it's sleeping. Is that right? But that's the body. How many of you know you're a three-part being? You are a spirit. You possess a soul and you live in that physical body. When you die, your spirit leaves your body. Your body is dead. It looks like it's asleep. It goes into the grave and goes back to dust. But your spirit lives on. Your spirit will never die. And when you die, when your spirit comes out of your body, you're going to go one of two places. We're going to see that here in a minute. If you know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, you're going to heaven. Place of great blessing. If you don't know Jesus, the Bible's clear You go down into hell. It's a place of torment. You'll see that here in just a moment. But I don't want you to be deceived. To think that when you die or that when someone dies. That they're just asleep. Their body is, so to speak. But their spirit isn't. You okay? Now, one day down in the future, on out in the future. The bodies are going to be raised back from the the dead. Do you understand that? Resurrections. Again, if the Bible didn't didn't teach it, I'd have trouble believing that. But the Bible teaches it. So we're going to talk to you about these things today, but don't ever let anybody uh, deceive you with what they call soul sleep. If you ever heard that, well, when you're dead, you're just dead. Well, your body is, but your spirit goes on. You understand that now? How many resurrections did we say that there were two? two. That's talking about the body. Those are that's out in the future. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. We're going to show you today how to be ready. Now, again, back to um, John, the fifth chapter in the twenty ninth verse. Jesus said, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Now, there's something else you need to realize. There's a lot of people will take what Jesus said right there. Those who have done good. And they'll teach a works-based salvation. They'll tell you, and it's, it's, it's wrong, but they'll tell you that if you're good enough, one day you'll get to go to heaven. Did you know that's not so? How many of you know you and me put together can never be good enough to make heaven? Others will tell you. They'll say, well, if you receive Jesus and you do good works... You'll get to heaven. How many of you know that the tacking on to the good works you you can't help help your you can't help yourself get to heaven. Do you understand that? Because a lot of people think, well, if I receive Jesus and I do a bunch of good works. Some people say, well, if I receive Jesus and I'm water baptized. How many of you know the Bible teaches water baptism? Uh, Jesus commanded we we be water baptized, but there's no salvation power in the in the waters of baptism. You need to understand that. It's only the blood of Jesus that will keep you out of hell. You need to understand that. And, and, but some will say, well, it, now if I said to you, just be good and you'll get to go to heaven. Now, from what I've already said, is that right or is that wrong? That's wrong. Some will say, well, believe on Jesus and be a good person. And between the two of them, you'll get to heaven. That, that's, that's not right either. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard this one minister say this one time and he I, I'm a math uh, teacher from years ago and I like equations and he said he gave this equation. See, a lot of people will say they'll say faith plus good works equals salvation. That's not that's not a correct equation. Here's the here's the correct equation. Are you ready? Now, listen, faith plus nothing. Faith in Jesus plus nothing Equals salvation plus good works. Now, if you think about that, that's that's the God's honest truth from the word of God. Because you see, you place your faith in the Lord Jesus. You trust in him. You get born again. And then plus nothing. Faith in Jesus plus nothing equals what? Salvation. And then if you're truly saved, guess what you're going to do? You're going to do a whole bunch of good works. Now, I'm concerned about people that say they're saved and and they're still living like the devil. I'm concerned about people that say that they've had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they still live like the devil. There's something wrong there, dear friends. I said there's something wrong there. When you get born again, there's going to be a change in your life. I said when you get born again, you're going to stop cussing. You're going to stop lying. You're going to stop running around on your husband and your wife. Did you hear me? Now, that's not preached very much anymore from the churches here in the United States of America. But I'll tell you what, that's the truth from the word of God. You get born again, there's going to be a change in your life. Not many people in this hour are going to come to hear what I just said right there. But I tell you what, it's the reason, it's the foundational reason why this nation is in the trouble that it's in. It's because preachers are standing in front of congregations throwing sugar cookies to already diabetic congregations. You don't need another sugar cookie. You need the spinach of the word of God. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did did I make myself clear? So faith in Jesus plus nothing equals salvation plus what? Good works. You see, the good works are not the root of our salvation, but they're the fruit of it. Did you get what I just said? Now... How many, and and by the way, when Jesus said, do good, would you like a little Greek for you? I'll give you a little Greek here today. When he said, do good there, if you really study that that out, you really get into it. He's not really talking about good works at all. Here's what the Thayer's, you ready for this? The Thayer's Greek lexicon. How many of you read that last week? The Thayer's Greek lexicon. Best defines this word for good. Listen to this in the context with the rest of scripture. As a commandment profitable to those who keep it, ensuring salvation to the one who chooses it, that being the saving work of God. What was the saving work of God when he sent Jesus, his only begotten son, to die upon the cross for us and to shed his blood and to be raised from the dead? And when we choose to receive him, that's when we get born again. That's when the power of God hits our spirit. and We get recreated in the likeness of the Lord Jesus. Is that right and then we'll miss hell and make heaven. Are you are you are you out there? Are you OK? All right. Now, look here in John, the fifth chapter in the 24th verse. Now, I'm going to have them put it on the screen in the New Living Translation. Now, notice here, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have what? Eternal life. They'll never be condemned for their sins. Isn't that wonderful? When you receive Jesus, you'll never be condemned for your sins. Is that right? But they have already passed from death into life. That's talking about spiritually. The moment that a sinner with a repentant heart receives Jesus, they pass from what is known as spiritual death, that separation from God, into spiritual life. That means their spirit gets hooked up with the life of God. Isn't that wonderful? Now, having said that, I want you to go to Hebrews 9:27 because I want to get back to the I'm headed to the resurrections, but I got to lay you some groundwork before we get to the res- resurrections. Notice this, Hebrews 9:27, it's appointed for men, women, boys and girls, human beings to die once. Did you know that's inevitable? Somebody said there's only two things for sure in this world. Dying and paying taxes. But you know that's not true either. You could get out of paying your taxes. You'd go to prison. But there's one thing that you and I are not going to miss out on unless there's, unless a rapture takes place. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Which it will here, here on out in the future. Wouldn't that be nice to cheat the undertaker? How many of you like to cheat the undertaker? You know what I mean by that? But it's a point. How many times for for a human being to die? Then after, now here's where we get, this next part has my full attention. And after that, the what? Now go to Luke 16 verse nine, 19. I want you to get this. Luke 16:19. Jesus speaking, he says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day as he lived here upon the earth, you know. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at his gate. So how many people do we have going on here? Two. There's a rich man and there's a beggar. And notice verse 21. The beggar, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked this beggar's sores. So it was, and Jesus is speaking here, he says that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, where is this rich man's body right now? It's buried. Is that right? Look at verse 23. And being in torments in Hades, that's hell. Now, wait a minute. Remember, I talked to you a moment ago about sleep and sleeping and soul sleep and all that. Now, look, this rich man, his body is buried on the earth. Is that right? But it says right here that he's in verse 23. He's in torments in Hades. How can that be? Well, it's very simple. His spirit left his body. When his spirit left his body, he wasn't ready to meet God. He'd never placed his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, when, he, when his spirit left his body, yeah, his body looked like it was asleep and they buried it. But his spirit left his body and went down, down, down into the regions of the damned. Now notice this beggar. He also died. His body, no doubt, was buried. And the angels got a hold of him. I want the angels getting a hold of me, huh? Took him to Abraham's bosom. Now, just a little side note. Before Jesus died on the cross in the Old Testament, when people died that believed on the Lord Jesus. You say Jesus was in the Old Testament? Yep, just about on every page of it. The only way to get saved in the Old Testament are new. See, in the Old Testament, they look forward to the cross. In the Old, in, in the Old Testament, New Testament, we look backward to the cross. But how, realize, say, the cross... It's the cross of Jesus, what he did on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. But you see, this, uh, this beggar was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. See, back before Jesus was raised from the dead, when the saints in the Old Testament died, their spirits went in, this, this place was in the inner part of the earth, and it was a place of comfort. Known as Abraham's bosom or paradise. Uh, Do you remember when Jesus was on the cross and that that thief said, Lord, remember me? And Jesus said, today I say to you, you'll be with me in paradise. That's also known as Abraham's bosom, you see. That was a place of comfort. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, he emptied that place out. And the Bible says in, in a New Testament letter... I think it's the book of Ephesians, that he led captivity captive and he took all those spirits of those saved Old Testament saints with him to heaven. And now you see when a when a Christian dies, their spirit doesn't go down. Their spirit goes up into heaven. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? How many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you really want to go to heaven? All right. Now Now, be listening real careful now. I know uh, from doing this for 20 some odd years, a lot of times folks don't listen. I know a preacher that one time he got up in front of the crowd and he's to prove that a lot of people don't listen. He said, anybody wants to go to hell, just come up here and make a line. And about 25 people came up and lined up. (laughs) Say, I'm listening. So the beggar, body dead, but his spirit went to this place of paradise. You okay? The rich man died. He was buried. And he went to this place known as Hades. And notice right here, in verse 23... Being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Being in torments, being in torments. I heard somebody say one time, well, when I, when I die, I guess I'll just go to hell and have, and, and just, we'll just have, have party down there in hell with all my, my friends. We'll just, we'll just drink and get drunk like we did up here on the earth. I'm here today to tell you that you go to hell, there's nothing but torment down there. The Bible calls it the waterless pit. There's worms in hell. There's snakes in hell. There's demons in hell. There's no question about it. I don't want to go to hell. How many of you would, would look forward to going to the worst federal penitentiary that there is in the United States? How many of you know there's some unsavory people in there? Huh? I don't want to go there. How many of you know hell is far worse than the worst Penitentiary that there is here in the United States. Do you understand that? I'm trying to arrest your attention. Now watch this. He's in torments in hell. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Are we going to be able to see when we're dead? Yeah. Are we talking about the body or the spirit? Spirit. He saw Abraham afar off, Lazarus' bosom. He cried and said, will we be able to speak when we're dead? Where are we going to be able to recognize people when we're dead? Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Son, Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue from tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he's comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, So that those who would want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those pass from from uh, there to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Listen, I tell you what, hell will make a soul winner out of everybody. I said hell will make a soul winner out of everybody. I tell you what, you person doesn't get in hell one five minutes where they want to become a preacher and a herald of the word of God. But it's too late then. Did you hear me? Now is the time where we have to work and share the good news with Jesus. See, hell made a soul winner out of this guy, but it was too late. He said, go back. I have five brothers that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place. To Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Who did Moses and the prophets preach? They preached Jesus. Realize I say Jesus. He said to them, no, father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Let me tell you something. This man went to hell not because he was rich. But, you know, money distracts people a lot of times from the Lord. But there's nothing sinful in and of itself about having money. It's wrong when money has you. And this man didn't go to hell because he was rich. Abraham was one of the richest men that ever walked the face of the earth. And he's not in hell. You know why he didn't go to hell? Because he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Is that right? But this man, this rich man here, he went to hell because he didn't have time for Moses and the prophets. He didn't have time for Jesus. So he died. He went to hell. How do we know that Lazarus... Why do we know Lazarus didn't go to hell? Because he had time for Moses and the prophets. Are you okay? You getting this? And this rich man... He wants Lazarus to go back and go back to the earth and, 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 and have, have Lazarus tell my family about, about this place. And yeah, one rise from the dead. You know, I, I, I've come to see that if you're not going to listen to the word of God that a preacher preaches or someone shares with you, you're not going to listen though a lightning bolt struck out in the parking lot. Did you hear me? Oh, give me some sign. Give me some this. Give me some that. If God gave you that, then you'd want something else. You'd say it's all coincidence. I've learned from doing this for a long time. You're either going to believe because you heard the word of God and you let the Holy Ghost deal with you or you're not. Ultimately, did you hear what I just said? They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And I want to tell you something else. Look at verse 30. That rich man, he's in hell. He said, if one goes to them from the dead, they will, what's that word? Say, repent. I tell you what, it does no good to call people to to Christ if you don't call them to come to Christ with a repentant heart. Did you hear what I just said? There's so many people, they want to come to Christ just just believing, just and they want their ticket stamps to go to heaven, and then they want to go on living like the devil. Folks, that's not Bible. When you come to Christ, you need to come with a sorry heart. You need to come with a repentant heart. You need to come with, with a heart saying, I'm tired of living for the devil. I'm tired of drugs. I'm tired of all this junk. I want Jesus. And you come with a repentant heart, and you receive Jesus, and then the power of God hits you. This man ought to know he's in hell. He ought to know what it takes not to go to hell. And he didn't talk about believing. He talked about real loud, say, repent. First words out of Jesus' mouth when he began his ministry, he said, repent and believe the gospel. See, there's something that has to happen before you believe on the Lord Jesus. Now, believing on him is what taps the salvation power. But to call on his name, you first have to have a repentant heart. Are you okay? Are you all right? If I go on much longer, I may just get to preach on me. You all right? Why did I go over all that? Because I wanted to show you that when you die, your body, yeah, it's it's buried alright, but your spirit's very much alive. You all right? Now let's talk about this resurrection. Go to First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter in the thirteenth verse. I'm going to ask them to put it up in the NLT. First Thessalonians four thirteen. I do not want you to be ignorant or unlearned, brethren. Okay, NLT, all right. That's good, too. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now, stop right there. The believers who have died, where are their spirits now? The believers who have died. Now, where are they at? Is this too much for you today? You all okay? I know this. Now, I'm not up here entertaining you now. There's a lot of churches in the area that can do that. We're here to get into the Word of God. Are you all right? Now, where are they at, Karen? Okay, so believers. Now, if believers are going to hell, now we're all in trouble. We're all in bad shape. What was that? You misspoke. We'll forgive you. I was up preaching one day and I was I got to going, you know, and and somebody was amening me and in me and amening me and, and I said, Have you ever seen a dead man commit adultery? And this one woman said, Amen, yes I have. And I think oh. So So we we need to be listening. Say, I'm listening. All right, now come on, stick with me, you learn something here. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. Now, where are their spirits? Heaven. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Okay, next verse. Doing good. All right. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, how many believe that? I do. We also believe that when Jesus returns, you know, I used that word rapture a moment ago. Some people don't believe in that. I, I, I believe in it. When Jesus returns, God will bring, and I've got, you want me to stack and give you about seven hours on why I think the rapture is. But I'm, I won't do it now. I'll do it some other time. Uh, he all now watch this. Let's get it again from the. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised alive again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died. That's their spirits. You okay? Next verse. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living. When the Lord returns, that could be us. We're living in a season when he's getting ready to come back. Those who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. Okay, you okay? Next verse. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will will rise from... Realize, say rise from their graves. That's a resurrection, isn't it? Now, this is not a hard question. Is that the resurrection unto life or the resurrection unto damnation? Good. You're listening. The Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Next verse. Then together... With them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be what? Wow. That's the rapture, dear friends. Yeah. Caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Isn't that going to be wonderful? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, cheating the undertaker. Wouldn't that be wonderful? There's going to be a group of people that get to cheat the undertaker. Then, <laughs> then we will be with the Lord forever. Isn't that wonderful? We're at in heaven. Now, notice this, come on, 1 Corinthians 15:51. Let's read this in the New Living Translation. Let's try it. 1 Corinthians 15:51. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. What's going to happen to your body if you're alive when Jesus comes back in what is known as the rapture of the church? Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. Yeah, but it's appointed unto men once to die. I know what the Bible says, and and, and the best way that I know to explain that is that the group of people that are alive on the earth, when Jesus comes... The physical death is going to be so quick, one preacher said, that your your body is going to be changed. There's going to be a physical death, but before your body hits the ground, he's going to raise it back up. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Wouldn't that be something? But be that as it may, let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We'll not all die, but we'll all be transformed. Next verse. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. So what's going to happen? Let's just keep that verse up there. The spirits of those believers will come back with the Lord. Their bodies are going to be raised into a glorified body, just like what Jesus got when he was raised from the dead. Is that right? And their born-again spirits are going to go back into their resurrected spiritual bodies and live forever, never to die again. Isn't that wonderful? And we who are living will be transformed. See, why is that? Your body's going to have to be changed because your body can't take heaven right now. The glory is too much for it, you see. Your spirit's ready for heaven if you know Jesus, but your body isn't. So it has to be, has to be transformed. And then we're all going to be caught up, go up to heaven with the Lord, and be there for seven years while the tribulation's going on on the earth. Isn't that? Uh, how many of you would rather be in heaven during that time than here on the earth? You okay? Now, is this the resurrection unto life or the resurrection unto damnation? Unto life. Now, um, I was going to talk to you about the judgment seat of christ right now but i feel impressed with the spirit it's going to get going too long here if i do that we'll pick that up next week the judgment seat of christ and 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 we're going to talk to you about the rewards that the lord brings with him and that we get at the judgment seat of christ is it okay if we talk about the judgment seat of christ and the five crowns that he hands out let's do that next week it's going to get too long if i do fit that in here so well that's one nice thing about pastoring a church we'll get it in next week amen But what I do want to do is I do want to talk about the resurrection. Well, before we do the resurrection of damnation and then close, go to Revelation 20 verse 4. I do want to do this. You need to realize that the resurrection unto life is in two parts. There's the rapture of the church. We just talked about that. But those who miss the rapture, they're not saved when Jesus returns. They're going to have an opportunity during that seven-year tribulation. And I could get into a whole bunch with you on that, but we'll just keep it very simple. If you miss the rapture, you know what? You are going to have an opportunity to get saved after that. But you're going to have to, you're going to, have to face the Antichrist. You're going to have to face the, the, the judgment of God as he pours his... How many of you know God's a good God, but there's also a severe side to him? And the judgment of God's going to be going on during that time. The Antichrist is going to be rising during that time. Uh, they're going to be issuing a mark of the beast during that time where you won't be able to buy or sell it, it, unless you take that mark in your right hand or your forehead. And all of that's going to be going on. And and uh, it's just going to be a horrible time here upon the earth. And, and And you see, if you miss the rapture of the church, then it's going to come down to where you're either going to take that mark in your right hand or your forehead or they're going to cut your head off. Now, you know, somebody years ago, I said that, and they said, well, cut your head off. They're not gonna cut. Nobody's going to cut nobody's head off. Are they cutting people's heads off over there? In the, It's pretty blunt to say that, but that's what's going on, isn't it? Can't you see that thing's coming to the forefront now? Can't you see that? That thing being the, the, Antichrist, the, the scene is being set, the stage is being set for him to come on. I want to get out of here. I don't want to fool with that guy. That's a, that's a motive to get saved, you know. But if you miss that, then during that seven-year tribulation, there's a lot of bad things going on. But notice this in Revelation 20, verse 4, and I saw thrones. Now, this takes us to the end of the tribulation right here because this resurrection unto life is in two parts. The rapture is the first part of it. And then the second part of the resurrection unto life is at the end of the tribulation period. And I wanted to show it to you. Revelation 20, verse 4, and I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them, and I saw the souls... See, the souls or spirits or souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who have not worshipped the beast or his image and not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. This is a new King James version. And the next two words, they li- realize, say they lived. One more time. They lived. So a lot of times people read over those two words But that's a resurrection right there Everybody who died, Christians now People that got saved after the rapture They missed the rapture and they, they Finally, you know, they, they, these are the kind Of people, that, you know, I should have listened to that preacher I should have received Jesus, I should have received Jesus when I had the chance, but now all the Christians are gone, now you've got to go through the Tribulation period and it's going to cost you Your life, but if you're put to, you know If it comes down and they're going to put a mark on your Right hand or forehead or cut your head off, let them Cut your head off in that day, because if you you take that mark there's no hope for you then you you hear what i'm saying now listen here uh, at the end of the tribulation real i say real i say they lived. they lived there's going to be a resurrection at the end of that tribulation where everyone that was put to death for the sake of jesus and much i could say about it i'm just giving you the highlights here are going to get resurrected and that's that that's where the resurrection unto life culminates Okay. Now look at this, verse 5. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. That's talking now after the tribulation. Jesus comes back and all of that. He sets up a kingdom on the earth called the millennial reign of Christ for a thousand years. What are we going to be doing during those thousand years, Pastor Terry? We're going to be serving under Jesus as his, as his administrators here upon the earth. How many of you want a good assignment during that thousand years? then be faithful now to do what God told you to do. That's how you get a good assignment in that hour. Now notice this. Watch this. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the what? The first resurrection. See, the first resurrection culminates. It starts with the rapture and it culminates there at the end of the seven-year period. Are you okay? And then he says in verse six, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death. Remember that second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. How many of you want to get in on that? Yeah. So that's the first resurrection. Now, let me close just a few more minutes here with the resurrection of, of damnation. Revelation 20, verse 11. This happens. This happens. At the end of the millennial reign of Christ, at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ. This is for all the people that rejected Jesus Christ. This is for all the people who neglected to receive Jesus. I believe to neglect is to reject. Watch this. Revelation 20 verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne. Now this isn't for believers now. We're going to talk about the judgment of believers next week. But right here. Revelation 20, verse 11, this is for all those who, who rejected Jesus, neglected to receive him. This is the resurrection of damnation. I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. See, they didn't want to trust in the work of Jesus, so now they have to trust. They're, they're going to get judged based on their own works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead that was in it. Death and hell, Hades, delivered up the dead that was in them. Death and hell delivered up the. Where now? Now, people who have died without Christ, where are their spirits right now? Hell with that rich man, right? Tormented. At this time, their spirits are going to come back up. They're going to be. I don't know better word to use vomited if you will up out of hell and their bodies up here on the earth they're going going to get a a resurrected body as well their their lost spirit is going to go into, into a body they're going to be resurrected as well and they're going to stand before God they're going to be judged based on their own works and then look at verse 14 death and Hades were cast into the what this is the second death. See, when, when these people are resurrected, their spirits come out of hell, into their bodies. They, they get a spiritual body too. They're resurrected. They stand before that great white throne. And they're, then they're cast into a worse place than Hades, into, a, into the lake of fire, which is called the what? The second, Realize, say second death. Look at verse 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is why we go out and tell people about Jesus. This is why we do it right here. This is why we encourage people to tell people about Jesus. I don't want anybody to have to go to hell. I don't want anybody. How about you? Go to Revelation one eight. Now I'm almost done. I realize that your brain can only absorb what your seat can endure. I know that. But it's, it's, it's hard to teach. It's hard to teach these things in 30 minutes. We, we don't have 30 minute services around. We have about 45 minute services. It's hard to get all this in in 45 minutes. I do the best I can. Don't ever get bored. I heard the Spirit of God right in here say. Tell the people. Don't ever get bored with the Word of God. Because in it you have life. Amen. Revelation twenty one eight. But the cowardly, study that out. That doesn't. How, how many's ever felt afraid? Besides me, that doesn't mean that you've been afraid. That means study out the faithless, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers. I'm not a murderer, Pastor Terry. Do you hate your brother? The Bible says if you hate your brother, you're equal to a murderer. Sexually immoral. Saucer. How many of you know sexual sin's wrong? How many of you know it is? How many of you know sex is for a man and a woman as a husband and a wife? How many of you know it is? How many of you know it's not for a man and a man? It's not for a woman and a woman. It's for a man and a woman. And then they must be married. And anything other than that is against the word of God. Somebody said one time, well, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, but I've been sleeping around for years, and I, but I have my faith in Him. You know what the Holy Ghost told me one time? There's a dangerous place to die. What happens to a backslider when they die? Much controversy in the Word of God about, you know, well, I place my faith in Jesus, but I've been, been living in this sin, and I've been watching pornography, and I've been doing this and doing that, but uh, there's a dangerous place to die. I said, there's a dangerous place to die. I said, there's a dangerous place to die. Yeah, but I'm in this backslidden condition, but there's a dangerous place to die. When that prodigal son got away from his father's house and he was out in the pig pen. Remember when he repented? How many of you are glad we can repent? And when he came back, the father said he was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. It's a dangerous place to die in the pig pen. You don't hear much preaching like this anymore, but the Spirit of God has been working on me the last several months and weeks that we need to get back in the pulpits of warning people, warning Christians that are living loose, lackadaisical, unholy lives. There's danger in that, dear friends. I said there's danger in it. Dangerous. Come back if you want more on this next week and we'll talk about it. But here's a danger. Realize, say, there's a dangerous place to die. Oh, There is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and then stay as close to Him as you can. Did you hear what I just said? Sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all... The Holy Ghost keeps arresting me. Do you have anything in your life that's more important to you than God? If you do, you're an idolater. And all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone... Which is the second death. That's talking about that resurrection of damnation. That's where people go to this lake of fire, which is the second death. Pastor Terry, I told a lie, and I'm afraid I'm gonna to go to the lake of fire. How many of you know you shouldn't lie? How many of you know you shouldn't? But I want to tell you something real quick, bear with me. First John two twenty two. First John 2.22. I'll tell you what that's talking about. Now, we shouldn't lie. Lying's wrong. Loving, making a lie is wrong. Somebody said, well, I don't really tell lies. I just tell white lies. How many of you know that's still a lie? Somebody said, I don't lie. I just tell half-truth. How many of you know a half-truth equals a whole lie? How many of you know Christian people, their word ought to be straight and their word ought to be sound and we ought to be men and women of our word. Can you say Amen. I mean, you know, God hates anything that with falseness in it. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is, a Christ, is the Christ? See, what that verse is talking about, people that go to the lake of fire, is those who deny that Jesus is the Christ. That's who a liar is according to, to the scripture. Did you get what I just said? Revelation 2.11. I'm almost done you come to this church, one thing I am guilty of is giving you the word of God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. What is the second death? That's the lake of fire. We just read it. How can I overcome, Pastor Terry? How can I miss the lake of fire? How can I overcome? Look at 1 John 5.4, and then we'll close. NIV. 1 John 5.4. It said, He that overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. He who overcomes won't go to the lake of fire. 1 John 5.4, NIV. Says this: For everyone born of God overcomes the world. So how do you overcome the world? you be born again. How do you miss the second death by being an overcomer? How do you become an overcomer by being born of God? How do you get born of God? Jesus said that whosoever believes in him is born of God. Did you hear what I just said? So let me give you a little quiz and then we'll go home. How many resurrections are there? 2. How do you get in on the resurrection of life? By with a repentant heart, receiving the Lord Jesus Christ and living close to Him. How do you get in on this resurrection of damnation? By rejecting Jesus Christ or neglecting to receive Him. And then one day you'll get in on that second resurrection and you don't want any part of that. Well, how do I miss it? By being an overcomer. How do I be a, how do I be an overcomer? By being born again. Realize I say born again. Stand with me if you would. Did you get anything out of this? I know it was a lot to cover. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I sense the Spirit of God in here. Dealing with the hearts of people right now. Dealing with the hearts of people. As my altar workers come forward here as they're standing up here with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to listen very carefully. I, I sense urgency. I, 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 I seldom say that when I'm doing these altar calls, but I, I sense urgency here today. Urgency. First of all, if you're here today and you don't know that you know that you know in your heart of hearts that you've surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ... I'm going to plead with you today, as a spokesman for Almighty God, I'm going to plead with you today. Don't leave this place. Don't go out of this building. Don't go out of this sanctuary until you know that you know that you know that you know that you're right with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I'm, I, I'm pleading with you. I'm, I'm begging you. Now is the time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You're not promised a tomorrow in scripture to make this decision for Jesus, so if you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus to come into your heart and received him and believed on him when we dismiss in just minutes from now i I'm, I'm pleading with i'm begging i'm i'm pleading by, I'm speaking to you by the spirit of God he's pleading with your heart through me don't leave here today don't you leave here today until Don't you leave here today. Maybe you came today. Maybe you didn't even want to come here today. Maybe you just came to just make somebody happier, to appease somebody. Maybe when you got up this morning, you said, I don't really want to go to church today. I did, but I'm going. They they invited me. I'm going out. But you, but this God had this message for you. Don't leave here without in your heart of hearts knowing that you've received Jesus and that you've trusted in him. How do I do that, Pastor Terry? When I dismiss this service in just moments from now, I want you to walk up here to the front and get with one of these nice people, and they'll pray with you, and they'll be gentle with you, and they'll be kind to you, and they'll pray. they won't pray. They will embarrass you. They'll pray with you, and you can make that decision for Jesus. And you'll get born again, and just as fast as I can snap my fingers, the Spirit of God will come to live on the inside of you, and you'll be born again. You miss hell and make heaven. Now to the rest of you, I say, talking to Christians now, examine you. The Bible says examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. You need to examine yourself. And we're going to talk more about this next week, but I'll just give you a little prelude right now. Examine yourself. Judge yourself. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Talking about the at the judgment seat and of the fires of, of God and burning our works. We need to, we'll talk about this in depth next week, but but judge yourself. I, I sense I'm supposed to say this, but there's some people in here you've been playing with, with sin. You've been playing with sin. And and, and and you came here today, you came here today to hear this message, but you came here to hear me say this, there's a dangerous place to die. That's why you came here, that's why, that's why you came here today, to hear me say that, to arrest your attention, to arrest your attention, you examine yourself. Oh yeah, there's there's some things God's been wanting to get through to you. He's been wanting to bless you, but that sin is see, sin separates, that sin has blocked the blessing of God. Spirit of God saying, Now is the day, now is the time, now is the hour to judge yourself in that thing. And put it away. Repent. Repent. Put the thing away. Get before God with a right and honest heart and confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You need to do that because there is a dangerous place to die. You need to do that and let the blessing of God flow. Judge yourself, judge yourself, and put sin away. Put sin away. There's been times in my life where I've been, I, where there's things that gotten in that I've been that you get to fooling with you shouldn't. You have got to get before God with a right and an honest heart and you judge yourself. I'm talking. You say, what's he talking about? I'm talking about being judgmental against people. See, a lot of times we just think sexual sins. I'm supposed to say this Christians don't get drunk I don't know I've said that for somebody but I'll tell you this much a lot of times God will judge his people for spiritual sins quicker than he will the natural sins yeah, Christians shouldn't be sleeping around. Christians shouldn't... I'm supposed to say this. Uh, Christians don't live together when they're not married. See, now what I just said right now wouldn't be accepted in a lot of churches in this, in this, in this city. But I don't care about a crowd anymore. I care, I care about what Jesus wants. a day and a time to judge yourself, to judge yourself, to judge yourself, but he'll judge us a lot of times, a lot quicker over spiritual sins than the natural sins. What are we talking about? Judgmentalism, judgmentalism, being judgmental, talking bad about people behind their backs, holding grudges, being unforgiving. I sense urgency in here today. I sense urgency, a time to repent. I had to repent. There's somebody in here who needs to hear this. I had to repent over the way I was treating my wife years ago, about two and a half years ago. I had been married almost 20, 25 years, and I had to repent. I would speak sharply to her. I would be blunt with her. Oh, I'd stand up here in front of you and be, be just nice and try. Char- now, I, I, I didn't command her or was mean to her that way, but, but I said some blunt stuff. And the Spirit of God finally got on me and told me to straighten my act up. Or He was going to judge me. And I straightened my act up. He talked to me about my weight. He told me... He dealt with me when I, in my 30s and in my 40s. And when I turned 50, he told me I'd die in my mid-50s if I didn't get the weight off. And he, with, with tears in his eyes, he pled with me. And he said to me, I'll never talk to you about it again. But he said, I'd die in my mid-50s. I'm 51. And, and, and I, those of you who don't know, I've lost 60 pounds in the last year or so. You see, I judged myself. But the Lord was more concerned with the way I was treating my wife. With the weight, I don't want to stand up here and say this stuff to you, but there's somebody in here that needs to hear this. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Is it reverent time in the house of God here? You judge yourself. You judge yourself. Married couples walk in love towards each other. Walk in love. If you need to judge yourself, judge yourself. And then change. Then change. Start treating one another with love. I want people that come here to this church to be people of love. By this all men will know that we're disciples of Jesus. That we love one another. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is not just another service today. If you're visiting today, we normally don't. Normally, we're, we're done about 11.15 and we dismiss. But, to, but, but when the Spirit of God wants something done, then we, 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 we stay till He's done. So you judge yourself. If there's lying, put it away. Half-truths, put them away. Judge yourself. If you haven't been loving like you should... Well, I'm just waiting for my spouse to know you change. You're not going to be able to change them. Haven't you figured that out by now? You change yourself. Father, I pray for the people here today. That those who do not know you, that before they leave, that the power of God would come upon them and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, and that they'd make Jesus the Lord of their lives before they leave. And for Christians, Their hearts would deal with them. And deal with them, Holy Spirit, in their hearts. That they'd make the adjustments that need to be made. And I pray it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. I don't know whether you know it or not. But church services ought to be more along this order. Where Christians have come, they've been encouraged, they've been lifted up, but they've also been challenged with the Word of God. To make adjustments is necessary. Hallelujah.